Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. It's Tuesday, July 21st, and I am still on the floor of my bedroom closet, which means this is another edition of Nerdette's Introvert's Guide to the Good Life. So ever since 1975, back when Jaws came out, Hollywood has been banking hard on the idea of the summer blockbuster. And audiences love it. Welcome to Jurassic Park. And I mean, think about it. When it's 90 degrees, who doesn't want to, like, sit in an excessively air-conditioned room and eat snacks in the dark for several hours while watching a big, loud, bright, thrilling movie? But the pandemic has totally thrown summer movie season for a loop. Lots of movies are going straight to streaming. We've got our Judd Apatows and our Charlize Therones and our Will Ferrells. But which streaming movies are really worth your time? And what will the pandemic mean for the film industry? And are we ever actually going to see Tenet, the big-budget Christopher Nolan sci-fi flick scheduled to come out in August? Will we ever see that on the big screen where it is meant to be seen? Well, the answer to that question may actually be never. We just found out that that film has been delayed indefinitely. But there's still a lot more to discuss. And here to talk us through it is Eliana Doctorman. She writes about movies and pop culture and feminism for time. Eliana, hi. Hi, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. You know, holding up. So I think my first question just has to be like, is there a summer blockbuster season at all this year? What happened? Yeah, I feel like saying there's no summer blockbuster season is a little rude to the movies that have come out on VOD. VOD meaning video on demand, because a lot of stuff is just going straight to streaming. Correct. Yes. The things that are going straight to streaming, which there have been some good things, um, but this certainly has not had the momentous feel of a usual summer where I convince my closest friends to go spend a ridiculous amount of money to go see a movie in IMAX because it's summer and that's what you do. (laughs) That is not happening. And uh, Hollywood has been a little circumspect about that. They keep moving movies that they insist have to come out in theaters with good reason for some of them. A movie like Tenet would be much less fun to watch for the first time at home, but they keep sort of delaying it by two week increments and delaying and delaying and delaying. And um, I suspect that those delays will go into 2021, but we'll see. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of early on in pandemic times, it was probably like late, maybe mid-late February when I found out that the the new James Bond movie was being delayed because that was supposed to come out in April. 
And they decide, I think they moved it to like November, but I remember it was one of the first moments sitting at work when I saw the news where I was like, oh, this pandemic is real. Yeah, that was at the time I remember having discussions internally at time and just thinking personally, it's crazy that they're moving to November. Why would they move to November? And now they look like geniuses because they sort of, as this has continued to happen, all of these movies are rushing to find different dates. And I've sort of compared, you know, finding the right movie release date to uh, picking a perfect wedding date. You don't want to overlap with another big release. (laughs) That would be bad. (laughs) Not all the guests are going to come. Um, And you also want to find a weekend when, you know, a lot of people are free. So holiday weekends are always big, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Labor Day, that sort of thing. So there's been just this, total crush of movies where right now if things go the way that they are currently planned we're just going to have a million movies released in november and december i don't think that that will actually happen but they sort of james bond beat everyone to the punch by just claiming that date early right well and i mean you know here we are coming up on august like who knows what november is even going to look like yeah exactly so i i do think that most of those movies will probably move to 2021 as well. Who knows? But it's sort of, we're on such an ad hoc basis with all of this right now that I think the studios are also concerned and confused. Of course. So yeah, obviously you can't tell the future, but I do wonder, like, do you have a sense, you know, you say probably a million movies are going to drop in November or December, or at least that's kind of the plan at this point. Is there then going to be just like, a huge drop off because of the stuff that should have been produced over the course of this year that wasn't able to be because of the pandemic? I don't think we'll actually see that drop off until 2022 because a lot of big movies that were supposed to come out this year, like I remember another big kind of moment of this pandemic was real is when Fast and Furious 9 moved from uh, spring of 2020 to spring of 2021, which yeah. also at the time... Is that time the one that's, like, taking place on Mars or something? I think that the rumor is that they go to space, <laughs> but I think that the actual pull of this is that this character, Han, who was very unjustly killed off a few movies ago, is mm-hmm. back. So there's a whole Justice for Han movement ah, that I could do, you know, a whole separate hour on my Fast and Furious face. But <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> just in case you're looking for that. Uh-huh, I'll put percent. you on the list. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of those movies have waited a full year. The um, Top Gun movie was delayed until Christmas, I think, actually now. But there are a few other movies that have been delayed. Just pushed it back a full year. Yeah, pushed back a full year. So I think we will still get a crowded summer 2021 I think that we're really going to see the impact in 2022, where the delays in filming movies are, are actually going to sort of manifest. Um, and that will be very strange. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. That's really interesting. We'll so you say you don't want to do a disservice to the movies that have come out this summer that have gone straight to streaming services. What do you think are some of the standouts that people shouldn't miss? So I think that a few things have come out that have been great and entertaining. One big standout, and I will preface this by saying a lot of these movies are going to be on Netflix because Netflix was just more prepared for this than anybody else. Not through like magical foresight that a pandemic was going to happen, but just by virtue of they drop a new movie every week at this point. And some of them have to be good. (laughs) So (laughs) um, I think uh, 
The Five Bloods, which is the Spike Lee movie that dropped on Netflix on June 12th and is a front runner in the very weird Oscar season that we're going to have mm-hmm. um, so far, uh, is definitely a standout. Um, I think that that's one that is well worth people's time, especially because there are going to be so few kind of prestige Oscar movies that I think come out this year as well. Um, that if you want to get a head start on Oscar season, that that is the way to go. Okay. Um, so that one stands out. Uh, I mean, Hamilton, I watched as soon as it dropped and uh-huh. wept as uh-huh. <laughs> everyone else I talked to did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they did a really good job of translating that to the screen. Obviously, there's some reconsideration of Hamilton right now and right. Uh, how good of a job it does um, reckoning with the racism of the time. Uh, But I do think that unlike a lot of sort of problematic properties that we're dealing with this summer, Lin-Manuel Miranda has sort of owned up and participated in that conversation. So Mm -hmm. I would say watch it with a grain of salt and then go do an internet deep dive. And then research slavery. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Totally. (laughs) And Google Hamilton slavery and just set aside a few hours for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that stands out. I also really loved Palm Springs. Me um, too. I just saw that over the weekend and I thought it was delightful. Yeah. It felt like, again, trying not to shade Netflix too much, but Palm Springs was one of the first movies released in quarantine that felt like an actual movie to me. Hmm. And, and this came out on Hulu. It came out on Hulu. It was the biggest purchase out of Sundance ever. Um, So it was supposed to be released in theaters. It was very much treated as, you know, an indie movie, but a big indie movie. Right. Andy Samberg is in it, who most people know about these days. Right. And Lonely Island, Andy Samberg's group produced it. Um, There's some Hollywood power behind it. But it felt like a fully finished movie with the quirks of actual writers and directors incorporated in there and character development. Whereas, I don't know, some of the Netflix movies can feel a little bit empty to me, like there was a concept and then not a lot of follow through. Um, Mm -hmm. So this Palm Springs stood out to me as one, a good rom-com, which are hard to come by these days. And two, like, it felt like I would go to the theater and pay money to see this movie. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, So those those are sort of a few that have come out so far that definitely stand out to me. Um, as being well so, worth people's time. One that I've been hearing a lot about, speaking of Netflix, um, is The Old Guard. I haven't watched it yet. What do you, do you recommend it? So I do. I mean, The Old Guard is sort of falls into that category of doesn't feel quite like a complete would be released in theaters film. Uh-huh. And I don't know that I can put my finger quite on why, except that I think that you know, the premise of the movie is that these immortal beings are basically, you know, superheroes that are constantly saving the world. Oh, um, yeah, I would watch that. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> entertaining. And like, it's Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron's great. Gina yeah. Prince Bythewood, who directed Love and Basketball, one of the greatest films of all time, um, directed this. And I think she does a good job. I do wish that these immortal beings were a little more interesting. Like if they'd re- lived for thousands of, if they had lived for thousands of years, I wish that they had, you know, more interesting quirks, more things to say about the state of the world. 
Um, yeah, that's a fair critique. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, nothing can be perfect. It's definitely a diverting way to spend a couple of hours and, you know, well worth people's time if they're looking for bad action movies and, and kind of not even bad, like, this is terrible action movie, but just like not a junk food. Yes. Junk food. That is the perfect word for it. Which I mean, like maybe the bar is really low now anyway. Right. Cause it's like, if I'm not leaving my house, if I got nothing to do, then why not eat some junk food? You know? Exactly. And I think that the, um, I think that Hollywood is scared that we're going to get so used to junk food that we're not going to want to spend a little extra money on not junk food after this is all over. Um, and that we'll just sort of accept this is movies now. The Netflix version of movies that feels a little bad for me and lacking in a little substance is just going to be the state of the world. And we're not going to spend the extra money to, for example, see Palm Springs in theaters or see, you know, the Irishman in theaters versus on Netflix, um, to use another sort of direct Netflix parallel. Right. So what you're saying is that essentially, like, if we are getting used to a lower quality, then then what is our incentive to want to, like, go to the theater and spend a bunch of money? And let alone the fact that we're also, like, sitting, you know, theoretically, at least shoulder to shoulder with strangers, which is not a thing that people are super interested in doing right now during a pandemic. What do you think is sort of like the future of the movie theater industry? Like, are they just doomed? Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, as someone who watches a lot of movies, both in my personal life and for work, mm -hmm. I cannot wait to get back to the movie theater going experience. And I do think that there is that sort of feeling that once it is safe, I would happily walk several miles to go sit in a big theater next to some coworkers or friends and watch a movie like Tenet. I cannot yeah. wait for that to happen. I am not comfortable doing that right now. Though mm -hmm. so I, I do think that it's going to be a question of timing and how long movie theaters can survive financially until a moment where we do feel comfortable all coming back. And I think that there's this fantasy that a movie like Tenet or a movie like Mulan it's just going to stuff movie theaters right off the bat. And there's going to be a moment where we all decide, yes, this is the weekend where it's safe again, where I'm excited about going to the movies and I want to go sit next to a bunch of strangers and have them, you know, spill popcorn on me. <laughs> I don't think that that, I think that that's sort of this elusive fantasy. I don't think that that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be a very slow trickle. I don't think people are chomping at the bit to go, to the movie theaters. I do think that that is why studios have been holding back the most expensive content for kind of lack of a better categorization mm -hmm. is because they don't want to give us Mulan streaming at home and then have us come to expect, okay, I'll just wait for Mulan to come on streaming. Mm -hmm. um, I think that they want to create the incentive to go to the movie theater because it is so essential to their business surviving. Uh, I, I just think that you know, that means we might have many more months of not so great content. So you're saying then that it's not only like AMC theaters who need movie theaters to exist, but also Hollywood itself. Yes, Hollywood definitely need movie theaters to exist. I mean, 
the reason that you can make a movie like Tenet for hundreds of millions of dollars is because you make hundreds of millions of dollars back by selling movie theater tickets. There's mm-hmm. just no way that they can make that on VOD. Um, right. It's not possible. So we'll see how they strategize it going forward. But I think sort of the takeaway from this is that Netflix was already biting into the Hollywood business um, and Hollywood was not prepared for it. And this is just accelerating the process. So you've mentioned Tenet a couple of times. This is the newest, is it's sci-fi, right? From Christopher Nolan? Yes. It's the new Christopher Nolan movie. The reason I keep mentioning Tenet is because Christopher Nolan or Warner Brothers have styled Tenet as sort of the movie that is going to save the summer blockbuster season. They keep talking about it as the first big movie that's going to open, the movie that's going to draw people back to theaters, the movie that's going to save movie theaters, the movie that's going to save the concept of the summer blockbuster, the movie that's going to make us feel all better again. And (laughs) I mean, that sounds great. (laughs) I mean, it does sound great. I mean, in fairness to them, it's a good movie to pick to pin that on because Christopher Nolan is one of, if not the only director left who can drop a totally original film that has nothing to do with a comic book series Mm -hmm. or a book, um, is not Marvel, is not DC. And But this is still one of those like big loud movies that's like perfect for a movie, like a theater going experience. Exactly. Yes. Part of the appeal of a movie like Tenet is that you see it with a big group of people. Right. And then you all gasp at the same reveal. Exactly. Like some of my favorite summer movie moments are the moments where, you know, something crazy happens and everybody screams or everybody laughs. I think of, I guess this was two summers ago when the last Mission Impossible movie came out and spoiler alert for the first half hour of the Mission Impossible movie, there was a moment where they are jumping out of an airplane and a character gets struck by lightning and everybody (laughs) in this IMAX theater lost their minds. And it's one of the greatest movie memories I've ever had because it was just this collective what the heck just happened moment. And those are the best. That's amazing. That's so good. Well, even though we have just learned that the tenant release has been delayed indefinitely, I hope cautiously, optimistically that that will that we'll have that again someday soon ish. I hope so, too. And in the meantime, there are things to watch at home. Um, They might not be the things that we were excited about (laughs) several months ago, Um, but there are things to watch at home. And after this kind of summer movie season is over, frankly, studios are going to have to figure out what to do with their Oscar content. And I would not be surprised if a lot of them just get released straight to streaming so that they can qualify for the Oscars this year. Wow. The Oscars, which have officially been postponed, right? Yes. The Oscars have officially been postponed and they've also changed their rules so that movies that are released to streaming can qualify, which is a huge concession on their part. I suspect they will change the rule back afterwards, but it's been a big fight in Hollywood as to whether streaming movies can count for the Oscars um, in hopes of saving the movie theater going experience. And so now streaming movies will qualify. And I think that's going to change the calculus for a lot of studios that aren't necessarily trying to make big money on these movies, but they are trying to win awards. Very interesting. Well, Eliana, thank you so much for talking with us. This was a really fun conversation. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
Wasn't Eliana great? I have to say, I really did love Palm Springs. If you haven't seen it yet, you should check it out. All right, one more thing you don't want to miss in just a minute. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. As we mentioned with Eliana, the Academy Awards have been postponed. The ceremony was supposed to happen in the end of February of 2021, but it's been moved to April. This is not the first time the Oscars have been delayed. In fact, it is the fourth time. Can you guess the three events in the last 91 years of American history that caused a delay? I definitely could not. So here's the first one. Back in 1938, that was the 10th annual awards. The ceremony was delayed by a week because of a flood in Los Angeles. The first ever rendition of A Star is Born also won Best Original Story that year. 30 years later, in 1968, organizers postponed the ceremony for two days because of the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. That was also the last year the ceremony was nationally broadcast on the radio. And then in 1981, the show was delayed by a day because of the attempted assassination of President Ronald Reagan. So far, the Oscars have never been canceled completely. Through a world war and a missile crisis and two presidential impeachments and 91 years of intense and weird American history, the Oscars have always been there. And the Oscars will be there next year, too, just a little later than usual, at least Probably. I mean, in the end, it's hard to say because none of us can actually see the future. If any of you knows the future, hit us up, will ya? <laughs> All right, that's it for today. The show is produced by me along with Justin Bull. Our executive producer is Brendan Banaszak, and we will see you on Friday. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.